Good day, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Freeform Fridays. <laughs> told my wife that's what I was going to call this, and she kind of chuckled earlier. It's great to have you with us. I'll tell you in a moment why I'm calling this Freeform Fridays. Welcome, ladies, especially. Hey, Megan and Caitlin, glad you could join us since this was formerly Fridays with the fellas. Good morning, Lewis. David Bickard fan, appreciate those kind words. So before I tell you what we're going to do here, I just want to say thank you. Uh, thank you to all of our Cross to Crown partners. Uh, we've had some uh, some new partners jump on board recently. Thank you. And, you know, we, we're just so appreciative uh, of the support there. For those of you who have included us in your uh, year-end giving, thank you as well. Uh, I am privileged to be able to join you day after day after day to study the Word of God, and it's uh, your support that makes that possible. So just want to say thank you. Uh, okay, so as you know, some time ago, we, uh, we moved Fridays to what I called Fridays with the fellas. And it was talking to men about manhood and wisdom and that kind of thing. And uh, there's a reason why I wanted to spend that time doing that. But I also realized uh, more recently that there's just some other things that I want to talk about. So uh, I think I jokingly called this uh, Freedom Fridays or something the other day. Uh, but free form means I can go anywhere I want. <laughs> and I don't know how long these are going to be. I don't know if I'm going to keep them as, uh, you know, I've tried to stay around 25 to 30 minutes in the, the Bible studies. I don't, anyway, we'll see see where this uh, goes. Uh, Dale says, happy co-ed Friday, indeed. But here's the thing. Here's what's driving what I want to spend our time talking about on Fridays. I think as Christians, we need to live life. And what I mean by that is live life joyfully and see the world as it really is. And I'm persuaded that maybe we don't always do that. I, I'm speaking from my own experience here. Hey, Daniel Haas. Hiya. Good to, good to see you with us as well. Um, so the question I, I, I'm posing here, I put this in the thumbnail. Have we been living under the devil's psyop? I think the, the mindset that so many of us have, and especially those who come from a more theological, especially reformed theology background, the, the further I get away from that, the further I get away from institutional church, and going through the scripture and the Christian life from that institutional perspective, the more I see things. Now, I, I, this is not brand new to me, but I'm, I'm seeing even more of almost the, the psyop that we have uh, from theology. Do you know what a, you know what a psyop is? I'm going to turn here to trusty uh, Wikipedia. Of course, it uh, it's answers all of our questions, right? Here's what a PSYOP is, a psychological operation. Psychological operations are operations to convey selected information and indicators to audiences to influence their motives and objective reasoning. So a PSYOP is a government, you know, CIA and FBI, you hear some of that, uh, where they select certain information 
and they get it out to persuade their audience or to influence their audience to think a certain way and they want the behaviors uh, to conform. And, and here, obviously, I'm being a little tongue-in-cheek about the devil side, but, but only, only partially. I think that the mindset of Christians is, uh, for the last several hundred years at least, maybe longer, has been designed to be very pessimistic. Think about, okay, this, just hear me out. I know, and, I, and frankly, I know a lot of stuff that I say on, on Fridays is it's going to get pushed back and you're going to want to fight me on this. That's fine. That's fine. Let's wrestle. Let's talk about it. Uh, although, I don't know how much time I'm going to spend defending my, uh, my positions. We'll see. But think about the quote-unquote doctrine of the fall. You hear a lot, creation, fall, redemption. Creation, fall, redemption. And what that usually means is God created a good world, and then we had this cataclysmic, cataclysmic fall where everything has been, has been um, destroyed. All the good was destroyed. And then we have redemption. Jesus came to provide redemption. But that redemption is pretty much just hang on and survive until either you die or Jesus comes back because we're still living under all the curse and the fall and everything is horrible and awful. And, you know, any, any optimism, any joy, any, any enjoyment of this world, you're in great danger of becoming worldly and materialistic. Before you know it, you're going to be following Joel Osteen. Nope, this life is miserable. And anything that is not predominantly miserable is a temptation because the only good is going to be when we receive full final redemption when Jesus comes back. Right? I mean, isn't that pretty much the worldview that we've been told? And the more I read and study the scripture, the further away from that idea I get. So one of the things I want to do on Fridays is see if I can, I, I just want to talk about living life, living this life. Yes, uh, you know, we're, we're not in the, in the final age yet. The Lord hasn't returned. We're not glorified yet. I get it. But there's so much good. I mean, think about what, uh, what David said here in Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits. Who pardons all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with loving kindness and compassion, who satisfies your years with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. Now, what we are sort of implicitly told, at least maybe, maybe it's just me. 
okay? So maybe I'm imposing, maybe I'm projecting onto all, the, all of you, but I know in the circles that I have run in, the benefits that we must not forget are forgiveness, pardoning of iniquities, that kind of thing, which yes, of course, who cares how good life is if you're simply going to die, be judged and sentenced to condemnation. So in no way do I want to minimize forgiveness, the parting of our iniquities and so on. You, uh, never will you hear me minimize that. However, I do want us to see that that's not all that David says here. He heals our diseases, crowns you, oh my soul, with loving kindness and compassion, satisfies your years with good things. God has and is satisfying us and he's providing us with innumerable good things. And Paul, uh, Paul, David starts us off with, oh soul, oh my soul, don't forget any of the benefits from the Lord. And I think the psyop is we're not allowed, we don't allow ourselves to see all the wonderful benefits of the Lord, all the great things of this life. I mean, here in the 21st century, especially those of us in the West, we have benefit after benefit after benefit that is that surpasses by far what David experienced, what the first century experienced. Life is good. The Lord made this day and it's a good day. So I want us to spend some time here. And we're, we're going to talk politics. You have to talk politics. The most profoundly political statement ever made was Jesus is Lord. Politics matters because it impacts every element of life. And, and again, part of the PSYOP, I think, is we sort of have this view that Christians are not supposed to be political. I think the enemy has used that to keep us from being political and therefore he gets to rule the governments. But Jesus is king of kings. Satan is not king of kings. Jesus is. That means the U.S. government, the Canadian government, every government is under the lordship of Jesus Christ. And we live in democracies, republics. We have an opportunity to vote for our leaders. It matters. So we're going to talk about life, politics, and kind of wherever else we want to go. Uh, so glad you're with us. Uh, <laughs> Dale, a satanic psyop. Very nice. <laughs> you're putting the P in front of everything. All right. So let's, let's go back now to something just very simple. It's Christmas time. Are you living life? Are you, are you enjoying this season? Right? What a great time for most of us with family and friends, great food. Are you enjoying all this? Yes, there's, you know, I, I don't love Santa Claus. I don't, I don't love the, the way, uh, the psyop, <laughs> the Santa Claus psyop, right, of, of dragging everything away from Christ. However, I think as Christians, since we know what we're celebrating, we know why Christmas was begun, all these good things beside are wonderful. So are you enjoying the extra food? 
and the times together and the, the decorations. We're, we're whole beings. We have senses to see the lights. Do you drive around and see the Christmas lights and the great Christmas music? I, I think it's wonderful that so many people over the years, even non-Christians, maybe especially non-Christians, have written some amazing music to celebrate the birth of Christ. They don't even know what they're doing. And, and all the things come with that, family and friends and, and so on. It really is a wonderful, maybe the most wonderful time of the year. Let's enjoy that. Let's embrace that. This is one of the reasons that in, I'm one of those households that we don't listen to Christmas music before the, uh, Thanksgiving because I want it to be unique and special for this time of, of year. And very simply, let me also encourage you, for those of you fellas who've been with us for a while on the Fridays with the Fellas, you know how we talked about uh, taking control of our lives and, and getting adequate sleep and lifting weights and exercising and eating well? Well, it's hard to eat well with all the, all the food that we typically have. Here's how I approach it. On Monday, on Christmas Day, I'm going to throw off restraint. I'm going to enjoy the food. And my son-in-law has, uh, has something prepared. I forget what he, what he calls it. Uh, it's, it's some sort of like pork belly, bacon, uh, cinnamon roll kind of thing. <laughs> it's going to be, it's going to be the worst thing you could eat. I'm going to enjoy it. Now, I'm not going to eat all of it, but I'm going to eat some of it. But it's also true that if I eat like that through this entire season, and if I don't stick to getting to bed on time and so on, if I don't lift weights, exercise, then this really great season can become really unpleasant simply because the fuel I'm giving my body and the laziness and the lack of sleep, you know, cause me to be irritable and feel awful and put on five pounds and all that stuff. Don't do that. Don't do that. Take control of your life and say, okay, on this day, I'm going to enjoy all these good things, but I'm not going to enjoy them every day because there are negative consequences. I think that's just part of living life is, is setting aside the times of feasting and celebration, but not making every day that. Most days it's, I'm going to use self-control to keep my body, my mind, everything the way it needs to be to be uh, functioning properly. I was going to say optimally, which would be a great transition to the other thing. This is totally unrelated to any of that, but it's, it's looking at life the way it is. Have you seen Optimus? Any of you know who Optimus is or what Optimus is? Anybody who's, who's on here? Optimus is, and, and you think Optimus Prime, maybe if you saw the Transformer movies, um, and that may be where he got it. But Elon Musk, the uh, Tesla robot or uh, humanoid, is that what's called? It's called Optimus. And there was a, a video that came out, I think it was last week, which was a, uh, the, you know, version 2.0, the updated version. If you haven't seen that video, check it out. Things are going to be crazy. It tells us, yeah, the leader of the Autobots, very, very good. Things are going to be crazy. Give some thought 
to what a humanoid robot that's brain, so to speak, is AI, the impact that's going to have on our world. Again, Christians, we tend to gravitate to the negative. Oh, they're going to take over the world. No, they're not. No, they're not. They're not. And uh, yeah, don't, don't, it's not going to become Terminator. Well, I mean, if it becomes Terminator, it's not going to be because the machines take over. It's because of evil men. But let's look at the positive side. Think of all the technological advances that we enjoy today. I've said this before, you know, here I am talking to you. You're all over the world. Some of you are listening to this later. David Bickard fan said he's going to have to catch this later. Well, he can. He can watch on a video. He can listen to a podcast. People who don't like the intro song can skip the intro song. I mean, it, we, we have the technology, right? to talk across the world. I made coffee this morning with a French press, boiled some water in this little, you know, boiling pot kind of thing to put some water, it hit a button and it was boiling in, in a matter of seconds. I got a cup out of the dishwasher. I set the temperature for my house at exactly the temperature I wanted. I mean, technology, then these are all just the things we take for granted. The fact that we have electricity, you know, we have lightning in our houses that we control and we can burn the candle all night long. These are great things, make life very comfortable and enjoyable. God's gifts, God's goodness. So I just saw a uh, comment here by, by Daniel that may play into what I'm saying. Giving proper thanks to God and all we do is the goodness and reminder of our hope in Christ. We do, however, live in a world in darkness, but we who are Christ are a light to a broken world. Yes, but that's part of the psyop I'm, psyop I'm trying to expose. So on uh, in January... Just a little teaser here. In January, we're going to deviate from Romans a bit. And I want to take you th through something that I think is going to rock some of your world. And uh, it's going to be great. We're, we're, I'm going to love it. Whether you love it or not, I'm going to love it. Um, because we need to... It's just so easy to take that that concept that we... We live in a world of darkness and a broken world. And my question is, is that the way the scripture describes this kingdom that we live in? I think there's another perspective. In addition to the brokenness, it's being healed. Like not will be healed, it is being healed. And I think we miss out on so much if our worldview is such that everything is going to the pit. I don't think that's what the scripture teaches. No, I'm going to show you some of that in, uh, in January. Uh, Sunday Life Tech helps us reach more people with the gospel. Indeed, it also just makes life better. Forget none of his benefits. He satisfies our years 
With many things, he heals our diseases. I, th- I think if you could just be transported back to the first century or even, I don't know, two or 300 years ago and live a few weeks in that life and then come back to where you are now, you would be blown away with God's goodness and and all the advances that we are making in so many areas. Anyway, so back to Optimus. Think about what life is going to be like when you have a personal humanoid robot. So again, we have a dishwasher. We put the dishes in, we put the soap pellets in, we push the button, we go away, and an hour, two hours later, all the dishes are clean. And if you give it long enough, they're dry. I remember as a kid, we were a very poor family, and my parents were older, as I've described in other settings. And, uh, well, for a variety of reasons, we didn't have a dishwasher or a microwave until I was a teenager. Now, everybody else had them all, uh, but we didn't. We couldn't afford them, and my parents were just not up on uh, technology. I remember when we got a dishwasher, my mom thought she had been given a new life. When we got a microwave, we all thought we'd gotten a new life. Like, what? We could just put that in there and push one button and it's going to heat up in a minute? We got hot food? We take it all for granted now. We don't, we don't think about the revolution that took place when that kind of technology increased. And, you know, think back to the car and the phone and all this. Imagine when you have your own personal robot that loads the dishwasher for you or washes the dishes for you and gathers up the trash, vacuums. Uh, I mean, where do you already have that? Have you heard of the Roomba? It just vacuums the floor. The more expensive ones map out, you can map out your floor and it just vacuums everything. Imagine then having a human humanoid robot that is doing the, and, and I think the reason Musk is designing it as a human is because he understands the human body is the greatest uh, design there is. Now, he doesn't give credit to the designer, but he understands we are made to do so many things. Well, to design this robot that can do so many of those same things and give it AI, which is, you know, the computer um, learning and, and processing like we've never seen before, it is going to transform our world. <laughs> Caitlin says, my dishwasher is broken. It will stay that way. I love hand washing dishes. Great. That's great. I kind of enjoy that too, says my, uh, my wife. Okay, there she is. I'd, I'd have to teach it how to load the dishwasher. Ah, see, my wife is jabbing me because I'm not very good at loading the dishwasher. <laughs> but we'll train it and then, uh, then I won't have to worry about it. But even Caitlin's statement, think about that. 
you can choose, maybe you choose, maybe you want to, to mow your lawn. Maybe you want a vacuum. But for those who don't want to do those things, to have the robot to do it, just imagine. And then, uh, you know this, right? That robots are already doing surgeries. But we've just barely scratched the surface of the kind of medical procedures they will be able to perform and perform them with great precision. Humans make mistakes. Robots won't. And to have AI learning everything there is about cancer, every medical publication, every study, every research on cancer and to process it all and to zero in on the consistent patterns and then formulate a hypothesis as to how to prevent it or cure it. I think we're going to cure cancer. We are on the cusp of some amazing things. If we could just get the government out of the way, if we get the government out of the way, we're going to have nuclear energy, which will solve world hunger. And I think we're going to be more productive than ever and solve some of these problems. And I, I can't wait. Life is good. The Lord is blessing us in so many ways. Caitlin says, what about we're under judgment for people turning away from God while placing trust in man? The government is the beast system. Um, what if that's not exactly how the Bible portrays everything? Or let me say it this way. What if Christians are filling the halls of Congress and the White House? For those of us in America. Think about how that would change things. Do you know who Dusty Devers is? Uh, now, this is not a full, full-on endorsement of Dusty Devers. I don't know that much about him. I've heard that he's a Christian nationalist, which I don't, I don't love that. But he just won a a state Senate, I believe, a state Senate, uh, yes, in Oklahoma. Check this out. Dusty Devers, state Senate, Oklahoma. Look at his, uh, look at his bio here. Follower of Christ, husband, father, pastor, abolitionist. What, what he means by that is abolish abortion. In fact, one of the things I've heard him say is something like, uh, we will, we must, and we will end. I think he used the phrase child sacrifice and he meant abortion. Look how he finishes his bio there. Christ is Lord. Praise God for what he has done. 
I could not be more thankful to my family, my supporters, and my amazing team of hardworking volunteers. Uh, there's a picture I, of his large family, it looks like. Uh, spent the morning... Uh, okay, this is his inauguration. Uh, giving thanks, giving thanks. Here he is, December 20th. Of the increase of Christ's government and of peace, there will be no end. The earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the water covers the sea. Imagine this. This is a politician who is explicitly proclaiming Christ as Lord. The glory of the Lord is going to fill the earth. Jesus is sitting on David's throne, reigning over heaven and earth. He's explicitly saying we have to destroy abortion. And he won. Right? This is not some guy that's going, you know, let, let's all give thanks to God. God bless America or whatever. And whatever God you happen to believe in is fine. This is a man who is overtly proclaiming Christ as king. And he won. Now, again, I don't, I don't know enough about him to know anything beyond this. But Christians are, by and large, afraid, it seems, to say these things out loud. And here is a man who said these things out loud, and he won a state senate role. I tell you what, in Colorado, what I would give to have men proclaiming Christ is Lord running for our state senate and house and Supreme Court. You saw the Supreme Court in our state did earlier this week. They think they can actually keep a, a nominee off the primary ballot. The whole thing is just such nonsense. You see what they've been doing, right? They, the, you see now why they have insisted that January 6th was an insurrection and have been doing it since, since January 6th? It was all heading to this. It was the one way they thought they could keep Trump off the ballot by saying he started an insurrection, 14th Amendment, therefore he's ineligible. And, and they're just, they're, it's so obvious what they're doing. Even Trump's political opponents, Democrats, are coming out and saying this is unconstitutional. It's an obvious play. Uh, who's the guy? Alan Dershowitz, who is a former Harvard Law professor who, you know, self-admittedly uh, voted for Hillary Clinton and Biden, and he's not a friend of Donald Trump at all. But he says, this is blatantly unconstitutional and clearly a political ploy. They're just, they're just exposing their hands. So do you pray for this stuff? Can I appeal to, can I, can I implore you to pray Jesus is king of kings. That means he is the king of the United States government. And the scripture says that when the Messiah comes, he will rule in justice and righteousness. Let me, uh, let me show you what I mean here. I wasn't planning on going here, but let's just do this. All right, so this is Isaiah 11. Then a shoot will spring from the stem of Jesse, and a branch 
from his roots will bear fruit. Right, you know who this is, right? This is Jesus. Jesus is coming. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding. Spirit of counsel and strength. The spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. He will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what his eyes see, nor make decision by what his ears hear. With the righteous, he will judge, sorry, with righteousness, he will judge the poor and decide with fairness for the afflicted of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips, he will slay the wicked. Has Jesus come? Has the root of Jesse come? Yes. He delights in the fear of the Lord. He's judging. And he's judging with fairness. He's judging the poor with righteousness. He's judging for the afflicted. He is striking the earth with the rod of his mouth. Psalm 110. Right? He is crushing his enemies. Right now, he is ruling. His rule is not future. His rule is now. And he is going to rule in righteousness, with righteousness, with truth, with justice. And my question is, are we praying for King Jesus to give us rulers who are righteous and care about righteousness and justice? I've been praying specifically for that. I've been praying for the left to be exposed and it's ama- for, for their folly and their wickedness to be exposed and all right, so I, I see uh, Caitlin, Daniel here. Okay, fine, have whatever view you want of Trump, but Let's, let's back up a little bit. What would you say about Joe Biden? What would you say about the Colorado Supreme Court decision? And here living in Colorado can tell you there's, there's a lot of corruption up and down the, the chain from our governor to more local levels. What I'm saying is Jesus Christ is Lord of Colorado government America government, Canadian government, and he is reigning now. And it's one thing to simply, you know, jump on a bandwagon and formulate our views of of these folks, but I'm arguing for a broader picture. Pray for the Lord of Lords to send his hosts to remove the wicked leaders and to give us leaders who care about righteousness and justice. We need to be praying for these things, urgently praying for these things. The Lord answers. I can tell you, uh, I won't take the time now, but it's, Uh, the scripture says the prayer of a righteous man avails much. There've been several days where I've specifically prayed for the Lord to expose the wickedness and the folly of the left. And that day, some 
you know, new revelation comes out, some new thing comes out that exposes these things. I believe the Lord is answering my prayer. And I would ask you to not simply make this about um, too narrow political perspective and look bigger picture at the Lord Jesus reigning and ruling and asking him to give us leaders that care about righteousness and justice. If the church asks for this, I believe he will answer. Again, I am blown away that there's this guy, Dusty Devers, who says what he says, and he got elected. That gives me hope. All right. Well, uh, I'm going to leave it there for today. Appreciate your comments. Appreciate your thoughts. Forget none of his blessings. Big and small, the Lord is pouring out abundant gifts to us. We need to remember them and give him thanks and enjoy those gifts and show him great gratitude. All right, have a great weekend. Merry Christmas. Uh, we won't be meeting on Monday, but we'll see you back here on Tuesday, Lord willing, to continue our study of Romans. God bless everyone. <laughs>